Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of Actors Inspiration with Amber Wegner. Today, I am so excited to have my friend, my colleague. He's a Bolivian-born actor who has been seen in both daytime soaps and primetime series. He's also a producer, my friend Bernardo Pena. How are you? Hey, Amber. I'm doing great. Thanks so much for, for having me on your podcast. I have to tell you, this is my first <laughs> oh, welcome. I'm so excited. I'm so excited uh, I could be your first and I know I will not be your last podcast because uh, your career is just so interesting and has taken so many turns and twists and you've played the long game. You know, you've played the long game. Uh, for my listeners, uh, Bernie and I met, I call him Bernie, it's Bernardo. Um, we met when I was in my early 20s. I was hostessing at a restaurant called Mesa's. Shout out to Bruce and Gala and Chef Michael Herman and uh, Tim Hughes and everybody from the Deb Schultz from the Mesa's days. Um, and I was hostessing and then I became a manager and Bernardo was uh, busing at the time. And we've talked about this before, but please remind me, do you remember what years you worked there? Absolutely. Uh, let's see. I got there in September of 1992. Okay. I was, se I was 17 years old. And then uh, I was there until about 94. Four. Okay. And then I then I went back to Bolivia for a little uh -huh. while, and then I came back. So I, I, off and on, I was there for about five years, I think. Okay. So then I yeah. must have met you on round two, um, because I think I started there maybe like ninety five, ninety six, something like that. Like I, yeah. I, I I don't really know the math, but I remember. Um, at one point I was, you know, you walked up to the hostess stand and we said hi to each other and you said you were an actor. And I was like, oh, like, because inside my brain, I was like, I've always wanted to do that. Like, but didn't really have the courage. I think I had been um, working as an usher at the B street theater. Um, wow. and I think you had done some theater. So let's start at the beginning. So you're a Bolivian born actor. Um, and how did you make it to the States and why Sacramento and where did your journey go? Whew. I, I know that you, you try to keep your shows to about 30 minutes, but yeah. we, we might, we might have to go over a little bit. So, okay, okay. I'll, 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 I'll try to keep this brief, but uh, my family, uh, my mom's side of the family has a really long history with California. My grandfather uh, studied at USC and Stanford back in the 40s. And then he had the opportunity to be the consul, consul general of Bolivia in San Francisco in the 60s. And that's when my mom and, and the rest of the family moved here. Um, and uh, my mom, you know, she grew up in San Francisco and uh, in, the, in the early 70s, she went back to Bolivia for for a special occasion, I think it was a, a relative's wedding or something, and that's where she met my my dad, and that's uh, you know that's uh, the the, the short-lived uh, romance. <laughs> it sure. started then. Uh, they got married. They were they were married for about eight years. They had me. Um, it didn't work out, and and my mom and I ended up moving back to California when I was uh, yeah almost eight. Okay, great. And, and yeah. And then so when did you um, start pursuing acting or when did you realize that that was a passion of yours and something that you wanted to do? Yeah, it was actually in, in college. Okay. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, 
I was I was interested in uh, I was going to uh oh, where was it uh, Sac City yep at the time Sac City College mm -hmm. and there was this great teacher his name uh, is Doug Lawson I've, I've lost lost touch with Doug but he uh, he taught the intro to acting class and uh, I was always you know interested in it and, uh, I was drawn to it. Uh, I studied uh, art, like I wanted to be a painter and a sculptor up to that point. Mm -hmm. And um, and I got into uh, into this intro to acting class. And Doug Lawson had a a, a small theater uh, uh, ensemble uh, for uh, children's theater, and mm. he would go to different elementary schools in Sacramento Unified School District. And uh, so he invited me to be a part of that, and that's when it pretty much all started and that's when I I changed majors and and I ended up also switching over to uh to Cosumnes River College because uh my mom had moved to Elk Grove and, mm -hmm. and I moved in with my mom mm -hmm. and then I went to Sac State later but I I was still more active at uh at Cosumnes than any any place else because there was this fantastic director uh Frank Condon who was the artistic director uh, at Cosumnes uh, River College, which was uh, River Stage, yeah, and that's that's where I did a, a bulk of my my theater, um, and uh, and then in '99 I moved to San Diego. I was invited to join another theater company there. I was there for about uh, almost a year, and and then I said, hey, you know, I'm, this is no longer just a dream. You know, this is a career choice, and I'm in San Diego now, but LA is just a few hours away, a couple hours away. I'm I'm just gonna moved to LA. Yeah. So I so I did and and then that's that's kind of where where things really where I started to really define myself, you know? Yeah. Uh or at least exploring defining myself cuz I cuz I'm constantly coming up with new new definitions for myself. I scratch my head most of the time, but uh but you know, I, I keep keep moving forward, but but that's when it all kind of kind of started and and that's when I started really uh, you know, digging my teeth into the whole starving artist lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's it's a thing. And when you get to Los Angeles, you are competing with the big boys, you know, or the big girls. It's like you uh, it's it's there's people that grew up in this industry that grew up in L.A. that have been doing it since they were children, you know. And then when you come in as an outsider, it's like, whoo, how do I find my way through this? Uh, it's exciting. It's extremely exciting. But there is definitely the elements of the starving artist because there can be time lapses in between jobs you know that's just part of the game and you did a lot of um commercial work too right you because uh, i remember you did a, a a beer commercial when i had <laughs> reconnected with you many moons after working together at mesa's yeah yeah so um one of the i guess the, the first uh like paid gig outside of outside of the the children's theater uh, that I that I got was uh, a Miller Lite commercial. Uh -huh. <laughs> it was for the Spanish market, and uh, yeah, that was that was uh, quite an interesting thing because uh, um, in the commercial, uh, my my character, I go to a nude beach, <laughs> so I was basically just wearing a a sock, you know, with with the sixty crew members and, uh -huh. and thirty background actors all around me, so. So that was kind of like my my intro to to professional acting in LA. <laughs> Is wearing the sock. <laughs> yeah, How bad do you yeah. Want it? <laughs> oh man, yeah, it was amazing. It was uh, you know it was surreal because um, 
we shot that in uh, Zuma Beach in Malibu, you know, and, and lots of lots of TV shows have been shot there. So there I was, you know, recognized the that big boulder that's out there. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was it was really cool. It was oh, really cool. That's so exciting. Yeah, I remember you showed me that commercial. I was like, oh my god! And I didn't realize you shot it in Malibu. For some reason, I thought you shot it in Mexico. Um, oh yeah yeah but yeah it was it was it was a I was so excited for you I was like oh my god look he's made it <laughs> he's on a real commercial <laughs> yeah and and the funny thing is that you know and this has probably happened to you or at least maybe it happened to you early on but you know you you, you get those first like you know nice paying gigs and you think yeah. okay that's it I'm yeah. never gonna have to wait tables again yeah all right this is it this I'm fi- I finally made it you know yeah. Little do you know that, that it, it's got its ups and downs and you, you, you kind of discover that uh, early on, I think. It's so true. And it's like a lot of, um, you know, these these jobs, like you said, they pay well, but they have an expiration date. You know, eventually the, the money from that job trickles down and maybe sometimes disappears and you're like, OK, got to bring it in from somewhere else. And that's what I've talked about on the podcast so many times is as many times as I've attempted to clip the day job, you know, and I've done it several times. I always go back to having another way to support uh, support my art so that I'm not waiting for that next job to pay my bills. Like, I feel like that sucks the art out of the project if I need it so badly, you know, right. so it's, yeah. it's finding jobs that are flexible and things that are, you know, you can still do and enjoy. It's like finding that balance, that artist balance yeah. is, is tricky. Absolutely. And, you know, you're, you're, you're so right about that, you know, that, that, uh, that kind of in between time where we start, where we start, you know, maybe, maybe uh, just, you know, kind of be, these negative ideas come into our brain, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, when, you know, gosh, I'm, you know, frustrated, this, that. And, and I think that there's something to, to that, that actually like pushes away good stuff, you yes. know, because it's, because that negative stuff is, is, is present, you know, and, and, and I think it's almost like in nature, you know, that, that like wolves and certain animals, they can like smell fear on you. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and I think there's something to that too. Like, you know, when you have an audition, when you go into a room, just how you conduct yourself in that, in that waiting room, you know, the first thing that comes out of your mouth, your posture, uh, you know, all, all of these little things that, that we start to, to think about, you know, when we enter these situations. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think people pick up on that, on that energy, you know. Yeah, and they, it's so yeah. true. And in the in in line with the whole thing of energy is is my philosophy or my thought process is work begets work. And so it's like when I find myself taking on things that are keeping me busy outside of acting, then all of a sudden I have to figure out how to fit this acting into my life. It's like instead of the other way around. It's like yeah. you know, until I get to the point where. I have a series or I'm doing something that is absolutely full-time acting, but you look at the percentage of um, SAG actors that even have health insurance. It's like one to 3% of actors in SAG actually qualify for health insurance, which means that you are not you, but people in general are having to do other things. You know, it's just part of the game. Um, But I do find when I'm busy doing other things is when all these other opportunities come and I'm like, okay, how do I make this work? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I I know that uh, whenever I I plan a trip or I buy buy a flight, an airline ticket, I know that I'm probably going to 
either get a, a call back or be on a veil or book something, you know, for those exact dates. Always. It's, it's, it's funny how that, that works. And, and yeah, you're, you become, you become like a magnet, you know, yeah. to these things. Yeah. You just, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that's why I applaud you for, for doing this. You know, I, I it's, it's an artistic, uh, you know, creative outlet. And uh, so I, I commend you, you know, it, it, I, I was looking, I was like, Oh man, you know, she's, let's see let's see how many of these things she's done you know and and it's like you've got them like daily so yeah. it's it's impressive but I, I imagine that it's also I mean it it's become part of of your routine maybe yeah. maybe initially it was you know a little uh more more challenging but but it's just like practice practice well, practice, practice yeah practice, and right? how it came about was I don't know if you and I ever talked about the app clubhouse but um, when Clubhouse came out, yeah. it was, you know, during pandemic and like things felt crazy and weird. And there was a Clubhouse room called the Actors Breakfast Club. And they would go on every single morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And that is what I would listen to every morning to get my like morning burst of actors inspiration. And I was like, OK, this, you know, and after a while, I thought, OK, I'm investing X amount of time listening to somebody else what do I have to contribute? Like, what do I have to contribute to the world and to the artists? And if they're doing it every single day and I'm listening, then there is an audience that listens every day because I can see all the people that show up every day. And so for me, it's, it's such a quick burst of like some episodes are five minutes, some are 12 minutes. The interviews are longer. And I only do usually one interview a week just because they are a little more time consuming. Um, mm -hmm, but it's mm -hmm. like, I listen to the same, like I have podcasts that sometimes I have to wait a week for, and it bums me out because I love to listen to them. So I thought, well, let's just see. And it's been so nice to be able to interview my friends, my colleagues, people I admire, because I love to hear people's story. You know, we all have a story and it's all fascinating. So yeah. I've just really enjoyed this so much. And I feel like I get to give back a little bit, you know, any information yeah. I take in, I just give back out to the world. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And, 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 you know, I, I know that a, a lot of that sharing is, is, you know, obviously for, for people to be able to, to have access to it, but it's also uh, like helpful to you. And and when mm -hmm. I say to you, I, I mean, also, also to me, like when I, when I, uh, I was in Bolivia, I was teaching, I was teaching acting at the elementary school. Oh, nice. And, and I remember just going over just going over the, the basics with them, it, it reminded me of the, of the basics, you know, yes. and, and just like saying these things out loud, it's, uh, you, you know, you kind of like, you come to a point where you have to, you know, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm talking a lot, but I got to walk the walk now. You yes. Know? Yes. And, I know and, teach that which we need to learn. Right. Yeah. So, so this show, I can see how it almost makes you accountable in a certain mm -hmm. way, you know, mm -hmm. Right. It sure does. It sure does. Because sometimes, you know, stuff flies out of my mouth and I'm like, am I doing that? Okay. I get to get to work, you know? So just like you said, the accountability of it um, is, you know, I, you can talk all the talk you want, but are you walking the walk? And, um, and yeah, it is a wonderful reminder for me to stay present and stay busy and, and, um, you know, stay engaged with this community because it is such a community, the actors that we know, the directors, we know the, the people we've met along the way. Like when you look at your, uh, plethora of people you've worked with, sometimes don't you look back and go, wow, like, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. 
Absolutely. What, what actor that you've worked with on set so far um, have you learned the most from? Like, were there any techniques or ways of doing things that really made you sit back and watch watch a particular actor that stands out? Yeah, there have been there have been a few, um, but the one that uh, that pops into my head right off uh, the bat is uh, uh, Sam Waterston. Mm. Um, we worked together on, on law and order. It was my, my first, uh, guest star. And this is back in 2006. Okay. It was, uh, it was the 17th season for, wow. for the original law and order. Yeah. And, and we were, you know, we, I, it was my first time working, uh, like every day on a, yeah. on, on anything, you know, sometimes you go in co-star and it's just like a day uh-huh. or two days, maybe. But this was like eight days. I was I was thrilled. But wow! But working with him was was really something special. He um, there uh, I I learned that that you can you can have fun in between takes, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and and but but also uh, you know, and because I remember we were we were uh, in a courtroom scene. You know, he's he's like interrogating me. I'm up on the stand, you know, and it's and it's heavy and it's intense. And then they they call cut you know and and he just he he screams you know he says oh i got a paper cut you know (laughs) and then everyone just started laughing you know and 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 then i also learned on on that set kind of from from everybody there's this this certain vibe that you feel on a set when right before right before you know the the first ad even has to say like okay everyone settle you know there's just it's like a being on set of production, it's like a breathing thing, mm. you know, and you're on, you're on the set and, and you're all kind of, I don't know, I don't know if, if it's osmosis or what, but, but you're all kind of going through certain things at the same time. Sure. You know, I, I think you're on the, on the same wavelength Yeah. Uh, for, for back of a lack of a better word, but, but, you know, and okay, you know, that it's, a, it's about to, you know, time's coming to do this. Okay. Let's switch gears. Uh-huh. Uh, I saw the exact same thing from uh, Tony Hale on Arrested Development. Uh-huh. Uh, we worked a scene with Tony Hale and with and 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 with uh, gosh, my, with my one of my 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 heroes of uh, you know that, that played the Fonz, uh, Henry Winkler. You yes. know, we, we worked together in the scene, and it was the same thing. You know, like like Henry Winkler, he's just he's just like everybody's favorite uncle. Mm-hmm. You know, and and then suddenly, okay, okay, settle, and you start to feel that energy, and and you see, you know, the machine turns on, and same thing with Tony Hale, you know, we're just talking about what he's been doing, what he's got going on, that he wrote a book, he can, you know, this, that, that, and then all of a sudden, boom, and he just switched into Buster, into that, you know, wow. zany character that we've all wow. fallen in love with, and um, so I learned, but then then on the total flip side of that, uh. You know, a few years ago, I worked with Nicolas Cage on on something uh-huh. on a movie called Vengeance: A Love Story, and and with him, it was it was almost it was it was almost like uh, when when you first start studying, you know, um, a physical gesture and stuff like that. The Stanislavski's different things, Udahag, and the, you know, all of the sure. Stella Adler stuff. How it's like, okay, more serious, more intense. And that preparation is there. Like he, he's he's the character, you know. Yeah. So it was more more like that. So I've 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 learned from, I guess from lots of different people, and 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 I'd like to to consider myself a guy that has, 
uh, you know, kind of like lots of, lots of tricks in my bag, <laughs> you know, sure. and, and sometimes I call on one thing and, and sometimes I, I throw everything away except for one little thing. Um, yeah, it, 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 it changes yeah. all the time. Yeah. yeah. And now like I have, so soaps, I know that you started in the, in the world of daytime television or you had a lot of opportunities in the beginning. Yeah. They throw a lot of pay. I've heard that like that is, is like acting one one Cause they throw like bazillion pages at you. What, what was your experience in working on the soap sets? Oh, it was, it was great. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I think I, I did passions first Uh huh. and, uh, and you know, I, the, the lines that I had on, on passions, they were pretty much, I was on, on three episodes mm-hmm. and I pretty much had the same line in, in each of those episodes. But yeah, when I was in the dressing room, you know, you'd get, you'd get uh, updates to the script still, even though they're not in your scene, you know? Sure. So I would, you'd see like a, a green copy, a pink copy, you know, blue and magenta. And and, and same thing with uh, with Young and the Restless. On, on Young and the Restless, I, I was a little bit longer on that, but it was it was the same thing. It was, it was really exciting. It kind of, in a way, it kind of reminded me of, uh, of theater. Like it felt, yeah. it felt strangely familiar, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's just, there's like, no, there's no like second or third takes. Like they, they just like, they are pros. And so many of the soap oh, actors yeah. have been in it for so long that they get their scenes. They do it once, maybe twice. And cause they've got all the cameras set up. So they just move right along. So it's like anybody that's listening, if you get an opportunity for a soap, be ready, like have your lines ready. Cause there's no multiple takes like there is in television. It's like a one hit wonder you go. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, a lot of fun a lot of fun yeah it's amazing the opportunities so so amazing and and you've also now stepped into doing some like of the production side of things what has that been like to shift gears and work on the other side of the camera are you are you finding that fulfilling how are you enjoying that process it is it's a it's a learning process you know yes uh you as as actors uh you know, yeah, it's it's a tough grind being an actor. But as actors, once once we have the gig and and even just like have the audition and then the call back and and then the fitting and all that, we have it really easy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and and you know this because you've you've produced and and executive produced that that it's it's not a quick process. No, you know? like no. The, 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 we started working with Broski's lab and, and we thought that, oh, okay, we're going to, you know, yeah, let's put together this, uh, this little packet and then we'll, we'll present it to our buddies at these studios. And, and next thing you know, you know, we're off to the races. Mm-hmm. No, it's such a lengthy process. Just yeah. even, just even talking to these guys and, yeah. and having them look at your material seriously and, so much is about timing and and then there's the politics of it you yeah. know it's uh but it but it but i'm learning a lot i'm learning yeah. a lot i'm i'm learning how to put together pitch decks i'm uh i'm learning how to how to pitch how to put yeah. together uh you know uh, uh one pagers and uh-huh. and and also learning learning from from directors and writers about their process and kind of like with acting you know you kind of pick and choose and uh, take notes and, mm-hmm. and 
and hopefully apply some of the good things that work for others. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it is, it's braiding, you know, all kinds of stuff together until all of a sudden you realize you've made something beautiful, you know? And then, like you said, you have to throw away some stuff and you pull back in some stuff and sometimes things come back around. It's just like, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a long game, you know, all of it, whether you're acting, producing, writing, singing, dancing, it, you know, in a rare case, it happens overnight. Most of the time it's a long game, you know? And so it is, it's being creative along the journey and finding different ways to fulfill your artistry. Because as we've talked about, there are gaps in between acting gigs. So it's like, what else can I do? How else can I be creative? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think we're living in a really kind of a good time for that. You know, because mm-hmm. there's so many outlets, uh, you know, to take take your, your podcast as mm-hmm. an example, you know, um, even even social media. You know, I used to consider myself so old school and I didn't want to get Instagram for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And, and now, you know, I'm I'm making like little reels. Yeah, they're goofy, but <laughs> but but I'm making these reels and, and, and I'm being, you know, active and, and creating stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you have an audience, you know, because it's yeah. like when you when you look at that, you know, you that is a way for you to get and, and that's a way for people to get whether it's quirky or not, a, a get a, a feel of who you are and your personality, because then it makes it so easy for casting to book you. They're like, I know exactly who this guy is. You know, it's, yeah. it's just it, if you use it to as a business model. You know, there's yeah. a lot that can be done with it. It's it's really, um, yeah, and and it's it's you you get to be you get to decide like you decide who you want to put out there, and that that's what I love too. Absolutely, absolutely. And you were kind enough to introduce um, Ogie and I to Alonso Alvarez, who is the yeah. director of Snowfall, Big Sky, Lincoln Lawyer, um, Mayans. How did you two meet again? Because I know that you've you've known him for some time, correct? Yeah, um, geez. Well, we met, uh, we met about, gosh, I think it was, it was at one of these, one of these mixers. I I have a, I have a bunch of friends that are, that work in, work in, uh, in TV and film as producers, writers, or actors, or what have you. And, and oftentimes I kind of, uh, am their plus one to certain events. Yep. And I think that this was an event at the Nui House in on Sunset, and it was just you know uh, int- being introduced and and uh, Alonso, uh, you know, he he mentioned some of the stuff that he did just in conversation, you know, having a couple margaritas. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I I directed a, a short many years ago uh, called uh, Historias. Uh, what is it called? Letrero, letrero, something about mm-hmm. about the sign, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and I said, oh my gosh, is that the the one about you know the the blind man in the plaza? He's like, yeah. I said, that's my favorite short. Like I cry every time I watch it. And, wow. And then we just, uh, you know, I had worked on a on a movie with um, uh, Damien Alcázar in this movie called Forgotten. And Damien Alcázar is kind of like. Uh, he, he's a, a very like accomplished, well-respected uh, actor in in Mexico. Okay. And he said, "Oh my gosh, he's my favorite actor in the whole world. What was it like working with him?" And then we just became friends after that, and and you know, kind of like uh, 
like in Hollywood and I guess just life in general, you kind of lose touch, you know, life happens and, and people go in different directions. He became like wildly successful. Uh, Alonso and, and, you know, I was doing my own thing and I uh, had an audition for a project. And when I read for it, this was in uh, Carla Hull's office. Um, I saw that, Alonso Alvarez was the director and 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 I really I was like you know what if I get this you know I want it to be on my own merit you know I don't want to I don't want to call him up and say like hey I just auditioned I noticed that you're directing so I just uh, I just did it and I and I said uh you know we'll do what what happens happens you know and um and about a week later I hadn't heard from Alonso in about two years Mm -hmm. uh I get him. I get a text message from Alonso, and very cryptic, like very strange. It just said Tijuana, and and, <laughs> and I was like, what? And I so I responded. I was like, what? What are you talking about, man? Hey, hey, hey! And he didn't. He went silent again, you know. And and about three days later, he sends me another message, and it just says uh, uh, something like, "Be ready." <laughs> and 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 then again he went silent and then the next day i get a call from my agent saying oh hey you know you, you got this role oh and, and i said oh my gosh and then finally you know we started talking and but this is this is the the, the sad part of it all is that uh this was back in march of 2020 oh shoot and yeah so it- so i yeah, I got I, I was notified like on the 9th of March and on the 17th of March. Yep. Uh, the world two days, shut down. Yeah, two days before I was supposed to be in Tijuana to shoot this really great part. <sighs> you know, I, I, that's when all the emails and phone calls started coming in. And, oh, you know, wow. Wow. Production yeah. suspended indefinitely. It was, yeah, it was. The breaks sad. of 2020. <laughs> the breaks yeah. of 2020. But we were all in it together, so yeah, think, uh, exactly. We've all got stories like that. I, I imagine you probably have a similar oh, story yeah. too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was just it was part of the times, you know. It's it's it was you know an unfortunate part of the times. And um, so I want to close as we are reaching with the 30 minute mark with a listener question. Do you have time for one listener question? Yeah. Okay. So this listener question is from Miss Ogie Durham. And (laughs) (laughs) she wanted to know what it's like working in multiple markets because you do have a huge background in the Latin market as well as the American market. What are some of the advantages and challenges in working in two markets? Wow, Ogie. Hey, well, great, (laughs) great question. Really fantastic question. Um, You know, Gosh, it's it's a it's a really loaded question because yes. I've been I've been kind of fortunate enough in in the Latin American market in South America to kind of um, just participate like um, like they just reach out to me and say mm-hmm. like hey there's this project would you like to be in it mm-hmm. you know as but here in the in the states you know I, I it's just like everybody else I go through the process of of auditioning and waiting and suffering yeah. and praying and begging and you know that roller coaster of emotions but um you know it's it's just a, i think that it's 
for the Latin market and the and like the English speaking U.S. market here in the states, it's it's very similar. You know, yeah. other other than other than the language, um, for me, it's always fun to to work in Spanish because I don't know. I guess since I was born there, and since I since I go quite often to to Bolivia and and I've grown grew up grew, going there pretty frequently. Um, you know, I feel a certain warmth when I yeah. when I speak Spanish and mm -hmm. when I'm around Spanish speakers. And and I know that that you also, uh, you know, are uh, have your Latin roots. And you probably, I imagine, you feel something similar. You know, that that kind of warm spirit uh, around around other. Latinos. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's just, and it's, it's, um, and I always love to hear you speak Spanish because I feel it just flows, you know, uh, so it just flows so effortlessly. I don't, you know, I speak muy poquito <laughs> uh, <laughs> Espanol, um, but I love the language, you know, I love the language and, um, and I just think it's such a beautiful language. And I admire the fact that you're able to, um, to do both because I think it's a superpower. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well, thanks. I, it's for thank thanks to to my grandmother. I never I never lost uh, yeah. Spanish because we moved here when, like I said, when I was seven, and and my mom, you know, she here in the states, you, you have to work. So my mom was yeah. she was going to school, she was going to Sac State, and then she was working full time. So my grandmother was the one who raised me, you know, and, mm -hmm. and my grandmother just spoke Spanish all the time, so. I didn't have an option, you know, if I wanted to communicate it, it had to be in Spanish. Right, and right, right. So, so thanks to her. Yeah, thanks to her. You know, I, I owe a huge part of my career to to her, to my to my Lita. No, thank you. Thank you to grandma. That's amazing. So <laughs> yeah. um, what words of inspiration do you have to close us out for anybody on their artist journey, whether they're just starting out, if they've been in the trenches for a while, what words of encouragement do you have to leave to our listeners today? You know, I would say just be active. There are so many outlets, you know, as we've touched on various times during this, this uh, podcast. We have so many outlets to, to write. Now we have all of the tools that we need to produce. I mean, we can, you know, movies are made on, on cell phones nowadays. Um, yeah. There's so, there's so much information out there. It's, it's, uh, it's really fantastic. It's a great moment in time because you can go online and, and, and learn about, you know, just camera movement and, and where, and camera placement and lighting and even acting tips, they have mm -hmm. master classes now. It's, there's so many ways, just, just be active and, and don't be afraid of getting out there. If you're just starting out as, a, as an actor, you know, go on to Actors Access, do student films, just yep. get that experience yeah. because it's, it's there. And, and if, if you're not finding them there, you can make them. Like yep. you, can, you can make your own path. I love that so much. And where can people find you on social media? How can they follow along? Uh, on Instagram, I'm, uh, at, uh, bear underscore penna. Um, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much, <laughs> that's pretty much the only, oh, and then on, 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 I just opened the TikTok account. I'm, uh, uh, chew talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. And that, that's it. And, and then as far as, um, uh, I think on, on Amazon, I've, there are a few, few movies, uh, 
there's Venge Vengeance, a Love Story, I think, is actually on IMDb TV. Okay. And then uh, Bring Me an Avocado is on on uh, on Amazon, and so is uh, Curse of the Mayans. And well, if you do a, a search of Bernardo Pena, hopefully nice. you'll have some options. Lots yeah. of places to find you and see your work. That's so exciting. It's so encouraging. It's yeah. so inspiring. And thank you so much for carving out time to uh, do this podcast because your story is fantastic and I just love the fact that I get to say I know you oh thank you Amber and 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 congratulations on on actors inspiration I love this uh, you know I, I I might have uh, actually I may have been inspired to start my own podcast it's fantastic you. and it's so easy and if you ever want to call me and talk about it you will blow your mind how easy it is if I can do it mm. anybody can do it trust me <laughs> Oh, you don't you don't know what you just got yourself into now that you seriously, made that offer. Seriously, <laughs> you're going to have so much fun. It's so easy. You're going to flip. Oh, okay. Well, thank you so much, Amber. All right. Everyone well, take close, care. Okay. I close every episode by saying, if nobody else tells you today, I believe in you. Go create some miracles and always believe that you can. Have a beautiful day, Bernie. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. Bye-bye.